0: Welcome back to another episode of Not Normal Football Podcast. My name is Alex Dwyer and with me as always is my good buddy Russell Zoman. This week we're going to be breaking down just a little bit of the league but it's some big time news for the Bears and the Titans leading their divisions pretty close to leading their conferences so we're really going to do a deep dive into where these two teams are at right now. I'm looking very forward to it. How are you doing today my friend?
1: I'm doing real well, Alex. Thanks for asking. It's going to be a great episode today. We're just hitting, uh, going through some games. We're going to blitz them through, you know, um, get through quick hits in each of them and then move on to the Bears and Titans. It's going to be more of a Bears and Titans-themed podcast tonight um, for all the fans out there. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a good one. I've been staying busy with school and everything. Got a few more months left and I'm out of here. It's going to be. It's been a really exciting time. Um, I've been loving the weather recently. I love nice fall, overcast, you know, sunny, rainy. Um, It's just, it's been really nice. And it's, I I couldn't ask for anything else. Um, But yeah, we're just going to get right into it here. So we're starting here. Um, We're going to start off with a bunch of games. And that's going to be the first game we're going to be talking about is the Vikings-Falcons game. So Matt Ryan, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, absolutely torched the porous vikings secondary to the tune of 371 yards and four touchdowns with zero interceptions um todd Gurley had about 50 yards on 20 carries which is rather poor but then julio jones um who i'm not gonna say he's had a down year per se but he's been a little more quiet with the emergence of calvin ridley this season but he went off for a total of eight receptions 137 yards and two touchdowns um, he had a really good uh, game, and I mean, Calvin really did too. Six receptions, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Just a very good uh, game all around for the now-on-the-board um, now, no, now on the board, um, Falcons team. They finally notched a win, um, and now the Jets are in sole possession of the number one pick for Trevor Lawrence. So that's the first game we're doing there, Vikings-Falcons.
0: Yeah, just an explosive game from Matt Ryan, and you know— I think that usually it takes Julio a few weeks to really get going and maybe a little bit later And it usually has, but no worries. It's Julio Jones. And with Julio Jones back to form, with Calvin really doing what Calvin really does, this Falcons offense is going to be absolutely explosive, especially now that they don't have Dan Quinn around. Uh, Lamar Jackson was uh, our next topic for us. And he is maybe a little bit back to MVP form. I wouldn't quite say that just yet. He has definitely had a bit of a down year. Um, They're changing this offense up just a little bit. The Baltimore Ravens uh, aren't quite the Baltimore Ravens that we were expecting them to be coming out of the gate. But that being said, they're 5-1 still. They're still, you know, one of the best teams in the AFC, bar none. But maybe just not as explosive as what we were hoping to see. And I think that's part of Lamar Jackson. Um, And like I said, this offense is just changing it up. The defense is still really coming around. Um, I mean, this is still the Baltimore Ravens that we're used to.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Um, that You've seen that the the um, defenses across the league kind of – they're starting to key in more on that Ravens offense a bit, and it was, it was definitely seen um, – we've been seeing it throughout the season. And Lamar Jackson, he kind of found his legs again. He went off for 108 rushing yards on uh, nine attempts with, with an average of 12 yards per carry, and he had a touchdown on the ground as well. Um, and then I will talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, who almost came back and got that W. Um, it can be said that the refs handed him almost the win, but I don't want to get into that too much. But they did lose. Um, they are now 1-4-1. and Carson Wentz um, had no interceptions on the day, but he did have a lost fumble. You hate to see that. And then Jalen Hurts, um, he got in there for a couple plays and had some really good runs, um, some some actual it added some types of spark to the actual offense it was really nice to see and then finally one feel good story is Travis Fulgum um the wide receiver out of Old Miss he has or Old Dominion rather he um uh, this is his second game where he's actually had a really solid game um In the game prior, he had a couple receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. And then in this game, he had six receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown. He's looking like he could actually be a a solid contributor for this Eagles offense that is sorely lacking any type of wide receiver weapon. So um, it's really exciting to see Travis Fulgham step up in a role that they really need someone to step up in. With all of the injuries to their top three to four um, receivers, they're starting no one out there. And then uh, that's that game. And then we're going to head over to the Steelers, the Steelers-Browns game. And the Steelers uh, defense absolutely trounced all over the Baker-Mayfield-led Browns. Um, they, they just, they were all over and he, he had a couple sacks. He threw a couple interceptions, uh, one pick six to a certain Minka Fitzpatrick, who was having a bit of a down year this year. He was not looking as good as he did last year when he was a first team all pro, but Baker Mayfield threw one touchdown, um, and two interceptions. They were the Steelers defense was also able to completely stop this, uh, electric rounds rushing attack. Of course, they're missing Nick Chubb, but. They still um, didn't put any, didn't put up anywhere near as many yards as they typically do, and um, I'm gonna throw it to you, Alex.
0: Yeah. So really, I think it's every week that we go back and forth. Is Baker Mayfield legit? And this week, Baker Mayfield was absolutely not legit. He did get hurt during the game, which is why we saw Case Keenum come in. Initially, I thought when Adam Schefter tweeted that that Baker Mayfield had been benched, mm. but uh, that was clarified in a following tweet, I believe. But everyone was like, come on, Adam. He, Baker was hurt. He wasn't benched, man. Right. But, I mean, it, it happens. He has, he has to get those things out real quick. But um, Baker Mayfield, 10 of 18, 119 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. Um, the Browns are 4-2, but the question has to be asked if it's in spite of Baker Mayfield. We know this rushing attack is unbelievable. Um, And that's even without uh, their superstar, Nick Chubb. Uh, Even Dontrell Hillard is even a fantastic running back, and no one even knew who he was before the beginning of the season, really. But he's really come around behind Kareem Hunt over here. And the Steelers defense, maybe we can credit this game to that because this defense is absolutely nasty. It may be right up there alongside Indy and Chicago for top three in the NFL. Um, I'm loving what this Pittsburgh Steelers defense is doing. We knew that it would be this good. And it took them a couple games to get that going, but now that they're here and you know warmed up, ready to go, this defense looks like the defense we are expecting to see going into 2020. And I mean, everyone got it done, man. Minka looked incredible. Um TJ Watt is looking like a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. Um this entire defense got it done. And I think that another thing we need to talk about is Chase Claypool came off of a historic game and then had another really solid game after that. Um, Rushed for another touchdown, hit 74 yards in the air. Um, This Pittsburgh Steelers defense and offense is looking legit. Um, Big Ben didn't do a whole lot through the air, but, I mean, at this point, with the rest of the teams doing it, Big Ben doesn't have to. We're going to move over to the Bengals and the Colts. Which was a surprising game for, I think, everyone that was watching anything that was going on with this game. The Cincinnati Bengals were up big time for the Indianapolis Colts. And all of a sudden, Indy scores 21 points in the second quarter. And then Cincinnati scores three points for the rest of the game. And they lose 31-27. Joe Burrow had 39 passing attempts, 313 yards, and an interception. Joe Mixon ran for a touchdown as well. Giovanni Bernard went for a touchdown. And Joe Burrow went for a touchdown on the ground as well. This entire team looked a lot better than the Bengals that we've seen. Even A.J. Green got involved, which is super exciting because he's been absolutely dormant in these past five games up until this point. And the Colts... Uh, Philip Rivers uh, threw for three touchdowns and 371 yards. Um, if only he was able to do that for the rest of the season, then my take wouldn't look as bad. But Philip Rivers looked really good. The Colts offense looked like it was finally clicking. It was against the Bengals, but uh, I really am surprised that the Colts defense gave up this much.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was. They they looked off. There's something going on there with the Colts defense. There. Um, maybe it was just with Joe Burrow being a rookie and maybe not having as much film to study. I, I don't know, but they, they were definitely off and, um, Burrow was able to, him and the ground game, Mixon had a pretty solid game. Um, and like, uh, Giovanni Bernard, um, he got a touchdown in there too. But, yeah, T. Higgins, this is really his coming out party. He had uh, six receptions, 125 yards. Just an absolute great um, first game for him. There's all the rookie receivers this year are just going off. We talk about it almost every week, but it's been really fun to see. Um, but, yeah, Joe Burrow T. Higgins, that's going to be a fun one to watch for years to come. And then um, something to keep on your radar, um, Quinton Spain, um, the former starting guard for the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he was – a healthy scratch for most of this season. And he was released by the Buffalo Bills today. Um, and this is a guy that I know I know that the Bears, I know that you want him up with the Bears there, Alex. But I think this is a guy that I would really love to see Cincinnati pick up um, and see if he has any juice left, if he's got anything left, and slot him in there at guard and just hope that he can do better than what they have starting now. But that is the Cincinnati-Indiana game. And now we're going to move on to, um, we're going to keep it in the AFC South with Gardner Minshew taking on the Detroit Lions. Um, this was uh, – Doug Marone has recently come out and said that he is not against possibly benching Gardner Minshew. It is it is in the cards right now. And this went from him being, you know, week one when he was the franchise quarterback they needed when they walled, um what, who'd they beat? The Dolphins? No, no, the Dolphins beat them. It was uh, – they beat week one? I forget, I forget. But, um, yeah, they, they totally – they Gardner Minshew. Both it was Minshew Mania. Is Colts, yeah. It was Mitchumania, and then suddenly, oh my goodness, um, he's gonna get benched. Um, but that's crazy. He had a he had an okay game. You just can't expect him to um, be the engine for your offense. He needs other pieces to be the engine. It can't be him because he'll stall. Um, but. Yeah, shout out to James Robinson, ISU alumni. He got a touchdown through the air in this game, and he had a few yards on the ground as well. And then the Detroit Lions were able to buck up. DeAndre Swift had his coming out party with a a tune of 116 yards and two touchdowns, with an average of 8.3 yards per carry. And he was sitting on my bench in fantasy, but that's okay because I I still won the game, so I don't care. Um, but it was a very it was it was good. The Detroit Lions showed some semblance of being able to play but it was against the jacksonville jaguars so i don't know if that means much
0: no it really doesn't and (laughs) um i i have been a fan of this detroit lions offense throughout the season i really think that this offense is um a lot better than people would give it credit for and i think a lot of that's matthew stafford um, who actually didn't play that well of a game he did have a pretty insane uh sidearm pass that no one would ever talk about because it's matthew stafford um, if, it, if Patrick Mahomes made that, I think everyone would be talking about that. But that play was freaking awesome. Uh, I love Matthew Stafford. I love watching him do what he does. But this Jaguars team is just—it's hard to see. Um, Gardner, you, Gardner Minshew is one of those guys where you really want to see him succeed. He's a great guy. We love Gardner Minshew, and I think that you know he's—he has a lot of potential to be great, but just can't get over that hump. And like you said, I think that's because he needs. All those weapons around him. And the Jags just aren't in that place to do that right now. We're going to head over to New York versus Washington. Where the Giants get their first win of the season. They are no longer defeated. The Daniel Jones-led New York Giants um, looked okay. And that's about as good as you can say. Daniel Jones, a touchdown and an interception. But got it done on the ground with 74 yards. Uh, very underrated quality about daniel jones
1: yeah he's he's very athletic um he, he can really run the ball really quite well and if he can just clean up his um throwing the football on the ground and letting the team grab it and um also throwing it to the defenders so consistently like he does um he could really be a solid player but that's asking a lot i think of daniel jones who has just shown this season to not have that ability um and then uh, kyle allen was all right in this game uh he had he was 31, 42 with two touchdowns and an INT. Um, and then Terry McLaurin, he continues to just be a really good player for them, just their best offensive piece. And I feel so bad that he has to be there because the team is just a dumpster fire. But um, he just, he's quarter, I think he's quarterback proof. He's just a really good player, and he's going to be a really good player for a very long time. And now we're going to hit up the Bucks and their absolute walloping of the Packers. And honestly, I'd love for you to take this one, Alex. You can start it.
0: Yeah, man. So let's take a look here. The Buccaneers won 38-10. And Chicago was just uh, against Tampa Bay and ended up beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I know Tampa Bay was fully loaded this time. You finally had Chris Godwin back in. You had Rob Gronkowski who's hitting his stride. Mike Evans is fully healthy. I get it. Whatever. But you're still playing against Tom Brady, and that's the most important part of that Buccaneers team right now. And Tom Brady absolutely decimated the Green Bay Packers' defense. Tom Brady couldn't do anything against Chicago's defense, and I really don't think that's just because Chris Godwin's back and it's because Rob Gronkowski's finally back into football shape. But uh, Aaron Rodgers looked absolutely terrible. Now, I'm always here on the record saying Aaron Rodgers, top five quarterback, bar none. Everyone has bad games, but this was a historically bad game for Aaron Rodgers. Not a single touchdown, only 160 yards and two interceptions. Aaron Rodgers never throws multiple interceptions, and let alone one of them go for a pick six. It was his third of his career. And the running game kind of got going. I mean, you had Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon, and Aaron Jones all get touches. And AJ Dillon, 6.2 average, Jamal Williams, an 8.5 average. Um, I think that this shows you that, you know, Chicago's offensive line is really, really bad um, as far as the running game goes. We're going to get to that because we're going to talk a lot of Bears and Titans. But this was a atrocious Aaron Rodgers performance and maybe the worst that I've ever seen. And, I'm, I'm hoping that this is maybe the Green Bay Packers that we're, we're gonna see. Um, cause the strength of their schedule hasn't been anything up until this point. So maybe the Packers are fake. I don't think they are, but maybe the Packers were fake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, most definitely. And then we got to give a big shout out to Ronald Jones who continues to prove that this is his real coming out year. He, I was a guy, or I was really high on him when he was drafted in 2018 in the second round by the Buccaneers. And, um, since then he hasn't done a lot. He was um, not very good his rookie year. And then he kind of split a lot of carries with Peyton Barber last year. And this year he's the lead guy, even though they did, um, draft Keyshawn Vaughn in I think the second round this year, um, but Ronald Jones has proven that he's a um, a really good back, and he's up to uh, he's number five in the league in rushing with 472 yards and three touchdowns. He's having a very good season, and I hope to see this continue um, because I mean it's awesome. To, the Bucs' offense is just all coming together now. It took some time for it to start gelling, but it's really good. Everyone's healthy. That O line's growing. Um, their first round picks have been really good for them over there. And their defense is a top three in the NFL type of team or a type of uh, unit. So it's, that's a really scary team. And I think they're probably going to win the NFC South at this point. So the bucks are looking like they're finally putting it all together. And now we're going to hop over to the Monday night football game. Uh, This was the late game. This is the Niners and the Rams game. Um, The Niners look really solid. Um, They're back against the Rams. George Kittle had a good game. Uh, Jimmy G had a, I I, I'm going to say efficient game. He didn't, I don't, think he did anything that outstanding but overall he got the ball to the people that it needed to go to um it just this is really exciting because this is really what Kyle Shanahan wants to do all these just his west coast offense and um Kittle you know Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk that's just a really good trio of receivers there for Garoppolo or whoever's going to be there to throw to um and they I think they're really elevating Garoppolo's talent he's a fine quarterback um he's not gonna like we saw last year, he's not going to be the guy to win you the Super Bowl, but he can get you there maybe um, if there's good enough talent around him. And the 49ers have a really good receiving core at this point. Um, and it's going to be exciting to continue to see what Kyle Shanahan draws up and how he can get the ball into the best players' hands.
0: Yeah. And I'm looking forward to Monday night. The Bears and the Rams are playing here on Monday night this coming week. And the 49ers have the blueprint. And I think that if Matt Nagy can somehow manage to call a game very similar to this, that the Bears can actually come out on top here. Uh, Jared Goff was absolutely swallowed up by the San Francisco 49ers defense, and that defense isn't even remotely close to Chicago's. I'm looking really forward to seeing what this is. I do think that Jared Goff had one of those bad games. Like we were talking about, Aaron Rodgers had a bad game. Jared Goff, it was his week as well. Um, only 19 of 38 for 198, two interception or two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Daryl Anderson, he's still looking like the lead guy. He's the man there. 88 rushing yards for him. He was the only running back besides Malcolm Brown with only two carries that got anything really done on the ground. Malcolm Brown just had two for four. Um, he's the workhorse there. So 14 carries, 88 yards, looked great. Um, really, when you look at the stats for these uh, Rams. No one really did anything Robert Woods four receptions for 29 yards Tyler Higby three receptions 56 No one topped 60 yards in the air and that's no good. That is no good at all um, This defense looked pretty good Leonard Floyd still had a tackle for loss got a shout-out to him I'm so happy. He's actually having a career year and I'm really looking forward to Monday night uh, this this is gonna be an exciting game between two really good defenses and maybe a much better offense on the Rams, but it looks like they could have a weakness.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, most most definitely, it's I'm excited for this Rams-Bears game. I think it's going to be a good one. I do think the Bears are going to get that W. The Bears defense is pretty much unstoppable right now, and the, the offense is, you know, good enough. So um, I think it'll be a good game there. I'm excited to watch that next Monday. And then um, now we're going to hit the Bills and Chiefs game, a game I was really excited about. I thought it was going to be a really good game, but... Um, even though what the score indicates as to be a close game at 26 to 17, it was not really a close game the entire time. The Bills looked out of their element. They did not look looked like they deserved to be. Um, didn't look like they were ready yet. I guess is the way to say. It. I just I, I just don't know if they're ready to be that amazing you know top five NFL team yet. Um, I think they can get there. We've seen they look solid in um, you know offensive um, offensively. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they're playing really good football. Um, probably the best football they've ever played right now. And then their, that defense, it just it has some issues. Um, Leslie Frazier, he's not running um, schemes. I've been I've been seeing some stuff Bills fans have been saying. They're really unhappy with the coordinating that Leslie Frazier is doing up there in Buffalo. So um, he's looking like a midseason firing at this point. Um, and Brian Dabble, their offense coordinator, he continues to get head coaching um, buzz. And I do expect him to be a head coach this time next year, along with a few other guys like Arthur Smith. Um, and, uh, another guy too. Um, but yes, moving to Clyde Edwards, a Um, he had a very, very good game. He had 161 yards, um, for 6.2 yards per carry. He had an exceptional game and he continues to get some offensive rookie of the year buzz. I think he is back in, um, top five for, um, rushing yards. I actually think he is number two in rushing yards right now with, um, yeah yeah he's number, he's number two i believe he had just he's got a whole lot and he's he's playing really good football um it's really exciting to see um but yeah he's back in the running i'd, I'd put it right now between him justin jefferson and probably justin herbert it's probably closer to a race between the two justins like we said last week but um we'll be given our true um midseason awards here in two more weeks come week eight or nine um but what do you got alex
0: uh i think this is just a case of david and goliath right now um The Kansas City Chiefs the Kansas City Chiefs. I do think the Bills contained them remotely well. You know, only seven, then six, then seven, then six. So not bad. It's not like the Chiefs absolutely dominated them. The Bills defense kind of kept them in the game. But the offense just, I don't know what it was. Maybe Josh Allen's just not ready to be under the lights just yet. But uh, against these really good teams, Josh Allen struggles a little bit. 14-27, 14-27, and 27, 122 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Also got it done with 42 yards on the ground. Um, there's absolutely no need to hit the panic button for dropping two games for the Buffalo Bills. It was two um, hard-fought games, even though the last one, they got absolutely demolished. But I, w- I wouldn't hit the panic button. Sean McDermott's a great head coach. Um, I would run through a brick wall for that man. I love Sean McDermott. I think that he is just a really disciplined coach. Um, I love what they're doing over there. It's just not their time yet. I think, like you said, um, I'm pretty sure it was about the Bills, that they're kind of like the Titans, Um, that they're so close to being ready. And then next year, we're going to see them probably make that push. Um, They're going to be legitimate contenders. And then the following year, they're going to be where the Titans are now, which we're going to talk about. We have one more thing, and that is the Arizona Cardinals are finally figuring it out on offense because this offense runs through Mr. Kenyon Drake. The Dallas Cowboys had Andy Dalton as their starter for the first time. The Red Rocket plays for the Dallas Cowboys and absolutely shit the bed. Um, It looked really, really bad. Um, He did throw 54 passes, which is absurd because... No one could get anything done on the run game. And it was just a abysmal performance by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, most of these stats were in garbage time just because Dallas was trying to score. I tied in fantasy thanks to this game. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I was down really bad, and I needed Hop and uh, Cooper to do something. And I ended up tying like what, 93.45 each, each team. Insane that that happened. Um, but Kenny Drake had 164 yards and two touchdowns and then Kyler Murray had 74 yards and a touchdown and even Chase Edmonds got in on some of the fun and had 23 yards. The Dallas Cowboys couldn't stop a leaky faucet if they tried. I mean, this defense is bad, bad, bad. Um, it's really, um, I would definitely be hitting the panic button, but another panic button it's Kyler Murray was nine for 24.
1: yeah really really weird um really weird game for him and the thing is two of two and he had 100, 188 yards but you, you have to understand that two two of those two of those um attempts were completions of the not he had yeah he had nine completions and two of them were for 140 yards. Because Christian Kirk had an 80-yard reception, uh, touchdown, and then DeAndre Hopkins has a 60-yard reception. So that means the other seven <sighs> plays there were for 48 uh, yards, and Yikes. that's abysmal. He had an abysmal game. Um, objectively, you know, Kenyon Drake—he he was very—he's a very good runner. He's been a very good runner. He's proven to be an exceptional runner last year and this year. He's just like a little kid running out there. He's just so small, like the only NFL player that I can think of that's, like, shorter than me. Like, he's just so little, and um, he's just – he he was able to be out there and run the ball. He's good at running it, but just he had a bad game through the air. And I don't know what it is because this Dallas defense, there's it's, – it's not like he's playing up against some really good cornerbacks. It's not like he's going up against Baltimore's secondary or the Bears' secondary, like – it's 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 dallas's they're not good they're not much so so i don't know what happened to make this be the way it was but it was a problem um and hopefully if if christian kirk and deandre hopkins can keep bailing this dude out it's gonna be okay but um yeah kyler murray he had he had a bad game through the air at least um, and that, that does it for our quick blitz of all these games. We just want to hit them quick. And I, this format might be adopted a little more so we can hit more of the games. Um, or if not all, I think we hit almost all the games except for the except for the Jets game, I think, because they aren't Who a real team. We're curious
0: about the Jets. Speaking of that game, though, we do need yeah. to bring up the sudden benching of quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, the do- Miami Dolphins have been named Tua Tagovailoa. The starting quarterback from here on out, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 191, three touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah, the two interceptions, a little bit yikes, but the Dolphins won 24-0, and you're going to bench your starting quarterback. He has them rolling. He has them second in their division. I think they're, what, a game and a half behind the Pats, maybe? Or not the Pats, uh, the Bills. No, they
1: did yeah, yeah, they're second. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know why this happened. Um, and he came out today in a press conference. I don't know if you heard about it, Alex, but he oh, said this was the was first horrible. time since yeah, he said this is the first time since he played for Buffalo back in what twenty, 20 the early twenty tens where yeah. he felt like this was his team. You know, it felt he felt like this Miami Dolphins team was his team. He was having kind of a career year, he was looking really good and he was mm-hmm. looking consistent. It wasn't fitz magic and tragic. He just looked like Fitzpatrick, he was good the whole time. And wow. it was really exciting to see. And I guess uh, I guess Miami was done with it, though. They thought it was time for Tua. And um, it it sucks because I think Fitzpatrick could have shown a lot more. And I think I, I'm not going to say the Dolphins were going to be chomping at the bit for a wild card spot. But I, I'm not going to rule out of the realm of possibility with Fitzpatrick. And Tua is still just such an unknown. And we saw, I mean, Fitzpatrick's one of the best teammates in the league. The amount of quarterbacks he's groomed, him and McCown, they've both groomed so many Quarterbacks that went on to be really good, and it just sucks that now Fitz Fitzpatrick lost. He's heartbroken. He said it broke his heart when he got benched, and um, I, I feel bad for the guy. So I, I hope that I hope he gets moved. Honestly, I hope he goes to Dallas, and and they can do something with Fitzpatrick there because he he'd play worlds better yeah, than Andy Dalton. But yeah, the, I don't know why the Dolphins felt the need to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: Yeah, and one more thing I'd like to bring up for this game is that. Uh, in the two games, um, when he's really gotten playing time, uh, tight end Adam Shaheen is having a almost career year already with only five receptions, 58 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, the only time that he was even remotely better was uh, 2017 with 127 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, last year with Chicago, he had 74 yards, and the year before that, 48. So he's almost topped uh, two years in Chicago in just six games that he's appeared, which is absolutely insane. And I can't say I'm really happy about it because I never really liked Adam Shaheen anyway. So, but that just, it's just, it's just really sad. Yeah. No, really, yeah, really, sad, sad. Yeah. really sad, sad, really sad. But we have Jimmy G and Cole Komet, which we're going to talk about because we're moving on to the bears and the Titans. That's what we want to talk about this week because we are bears and Titans fans. And what a season has been for both of these. Both of these teams are leading their divisions. Both of these teams look like some of the strongest teams. Probably the Titans are the strongest team in the AFC right now, maybe besides the Chiefs. But well, we can get into that. Um, I can make some arguments for that. But uh, the Bears also look like one of the strongest teams in the NFC, maybe bar the Green Bay Packers. Um, it's This game, I thought, could be a real test for the Bears. Um the Carolina Panthers are a very good football team. Teddy Bridgewater has been leading them down a really good path. Um, some of the rookies on defense have really started to come alive. And um, they're this, this team's just good, man. Um, they're just underperforming a little bit. And I think that's because, you know, you have Matt Rule in his first year. Uh, so it's going to take some time for some transition stuff to go on. It happens. Not everyone is immediately ready to step in like Matt Nagy. And lead this team, you know, to a playoff appearance. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. But quarterback Nick Foles um, was fired up after this game, man. And I, that presser after this game, sold me on Nick Foles as the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Um, statistically, it was okay. I wouldn't ever say that this is what I want from my quarterback, but it's better than what we've seen in the past from some Chicago quarterbacks. Only one touchdown and one interception. David Montgomery got the ball 19 times, which I didn't really know until I looked at that. It didn't feel like that, but hey, he got it done. Um, A 3.1 average, which is okay. Allen Robinson had pass catches, Darnell Mooney got catches, Jimmy Graham got catches, and Cole Komet, the rookie from Arlington Heights, right around the corner of Chicago, Illinois, who grew up a Bears fan, got his first NFL touchdown in triple coverage. It was a beautiful pass. It was a beautiful catch, and I couldn't be more excited for Cole Komet because, um, A, he is a Chicago kid. That's the that's the dream. You want to play for the team that you grew up watching when you were A little kid, you know, you're playing, you know, backyard football and you're just pretending that, you know, you're catching a touchdown for Chicago Bears. Um, But his mom made the trip. His mom made the trip over to Carolina. Um, She was lucky enough uh, to get in there just because, you know, there's limited seats um, because of COVID Um, and obviously traveling during COVID is always risky. You never know what you're going to get in the plane. But his mom made it and it's super exciting that she was able to be there when he got his first NFL touchdown. Um, this Chicago Bears defense, statistically, is better than 2018s. Fun fact. Um, and Is that
1: right? Really? It
0: is right. The only thing wow. that's worse oh. is their run defense. Just a little bit. Other that's than that, intense. they are better than 2018s, and I think that this offense is starting to click a little bit more. It's getting there. Nick Foles is uh, starting to get this offense really chugging along. Um, you're starting to see things happen really slowly but hey um you know the tortoise and the hare uh, let's be the tortoise let's finish this race and we don't want to be early ripe early rotten so let us get hot or don't don't let us get hot I'll, i'll say that don't let us get hot because nick Foles is starting to get there and i loved his presser just he was amped up he's just so excited about this football team. And I don't remember the last time we have really heard Nick Foles be excited since he won the freaking Super Bowl. So he loves being in Chicago. Um, I'm just – I'm fired up, man. Five and one. Yeah, I can
1: tell, dude. It's exciting.
0: Five and one, and we're going to play the Rams, who just lost in a blaze of glory. And this defense is – this defense is insane. Um and the refs were so out to get us in this game. It should have been like thirty-five <laughs> to like ten. Um, the refs were horrible in this game. Uh, Eddie Jackson has had two interceptions, uh, two pick-sixes that have been called back this season, which is horrible. You and hate to see it. You hate to you see really it.
1: You hate to see it.
0: So I'm I'm just amped. I mean, this is this is an exciting year for Chicago. I never anticipated five and one.
1: Yeah, dude, that's, that's, it it is really exciting and it's, it's awesome to see it happen. And then another, another segment I kind of wanted to do this pod was I wanted to ask, um, I'm, I'm, i want to ask you about any standouts and stand ins for you this season. Maybe a couple, a um, couple of really great players. You didn't expect to be this good. And a couple of players who you expected more out of who have kind of had a down year. Um, so do you, do you have any people like that for the bears here, Alex?
0: Oh, I absolutely do. My friend, um, my standouts are obviously one Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham has exceeded all expectations. I hated that signing. I thought I like it just as him to be a mentor once we drafted Cole Komet. And I thought, well, that's a lot of money just for a glorified mentor. But turns out Jimmy Graham still got a lot in the tank. He's kicking ass. Um, he's having his most productive year since probably his first in Seattle maybe. But um, huge, t- huge standout. Another standout for me is obviously the rookie Darnell Mooney, who I was really excited about when he came out of college. I didn't expect him to get this much playing time, but the reason he's getting as much playing time is because of one of my stand-ins, and that is Mr. Anthony Miller, who is playing absolutely terrible football. Um, he's not—he's dropping balls left and right. He's running backwards on third down, and it's—it's not—it's not good. Uh, I want Anthony Miller gone. Per Personally, I think that this is a good time to trade Anthony Miller while there have been more goods than bad, but the bads have just been consistent. They have been happening so much from last year, like maybe midway last year, where you've just seen a lot of bonehead things that go on with Anthony Miller, some really bad drops. And I talked to you, I sent you this text. That of a trade option um, that might might work for both sides, I think. What if Anthony Miller and a second-round pick go to the New York Jets for Sam Darnold?
1: Yeah, that that would definitely be an interesting um, pick there. I think that because going on the basis of what um, Josh Rosen was traded for, it's about right, you know. Um, but the thing is, I, I think there has been more – Seen from Sam Darnold than there was of Josh Rosen. He's a better quarterback, I'd say. Um, I think it's still close, you know. He's had some an- downs and stuff, but I think also a lot of NFL executives would i don't want to say give him a pass, but they'll understand that he's playing for the Jets and they're a dumpster fire. So I, oh, yeah. they, 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 they keep it, they hold it in with a grain of salt, you know, his playing, how he's done. Like it's not, it's not final, obviously. Um, so that's why I think that would be a pretty solid trade. At, I I think maybe a second round and maybe another late round pick, you know, like a 6th or a 7th. Yeah. Um, along with Anthony Miller, I think I think that would be a pretty solid trade. Um perhaps I'm overvaluing um Sam Darnold just based on his potential and what I've seen when he oh, has played really well. Um but I think I think maybe throwing in another late round pick and I think it'd be just about right.
0: Yeah, and then my last stand in I would say would probably just be and it's, I, don't, I really don't think it's him. But David Montgomery has absolutely underperformed a little bit this year. But I think that that's honestly just because of how abysmal this offensive line is. They're not a stand-in for me. I knew they were bad. Um, I never anticipated them being good. Um, Charles Leno's probably the worst left tackle in football right now. Um, he's absolutely atrocious. And it just makes David Montgomery look even worse. It doesn't help that, obviously, Tariq Cohen is injured. So everyone knows that this running game is going to go through David Montgomery. The Bears have yet to really do anything to address that. Uh, Cordero Patterson, I love the guy. I love his how about them Bears uh, game things now. Uh, those are some of my favorite things on the Internet. Um, but I, the Bears haven't done anything to really solidify this running game. Lamar Miller is on the practice squad. So hopefully he gets elevated here um, this next week so that way we have someone that can relieve David Montgomery and at least bring a little bit more threat there. And so he's my stand-in. Other than that, everyone else on this Bears team has been absolutely stand-out besides the obvious of Charles Leno and then Anthony Miller. So if I had to say one, it had to be David Montgomery just because he's not playing at the quite the level I want to be for that running game but that really comes down to the offensive line
1: uh yeah yeah dude absolutely cool cool cool. so yeah just a little little insight into what our teams are doing good and well so far and now we're going to move on over to my tennessee titans who are five and oh on top of the afc conference (laughs) in the number one seed and this week we'll be taking on the vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and big Ben Roethlisberger, along with that absolute squadron of young wide receivers they have over there. You know, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. Um, I'm forgetting the dude from Oklahoma State, too. He's really good as well. They just have an absolute um, roster of really good young wide receivers, and it's going to be hard to cover them all um, with our secondary being as bad as it is, but we're going to get it done. A Jackson is, um, he is now on the, uh, designated to return from IR list. So he's our number one corner. He is a top 15 uh, corner mm-hmm. when he is playing. So hopefully if he's back by this Steelers game, he is going to be able to lock down, um, lock down some players, maybe chase Claypool, maybe Juju, um, their old rivals, uh, not old rivals, but old teammates, Juju and Adori. They played together. Um, at USC. So they know each other really well during skirmishes and everything practices. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game. The Titans, um, them being five and zero, is just, it's just so exciting and outstanding. Um, Mike Vrabel continues to be, um, I, I think right now he is in the lead for coach of the year candidate. Um, he has proven to get his guys going exactly how it needs to be. Um, get through like half the team getting COVID and come back and absolutely hand it to the 4-0 and Bills in an absolute walloping. And then this past week, we played the Texans. They were 1-5. Um, but, you know, they just notched their first win with their interim head coach, Romeo Crennel, who was their defensive coordinator. Um, and they finally notched their first win the week before against Jacksonville. And it was really not a close game. And, you know, they're rallying. They were excited to be Finally, 1-4, and and um, we came in and we immediately went up 21-10 to in the first half. It looked like the Titans offense that we've seen this entire year. They've been really good. We've been, you know, a top three offense in the NFL. We've been exceptional. And then in the second half, um, we came out a little flat. We got the ball to start, and then we punted it away. Um, We went three and out or so. So that was too bad to see. And then um, Deshaun Watson, he heated up, and Deshaun Watson is just going to be such an Awesome pull. I mean, he's going to be the main pull or, um, I guess, magnet for whatever head coach wants to go there, whether it be an Eric Bieniemy, whether it be a Brian Dabble, whether it be an Arthur Smith, maybe um, Dabo Sweeney. I don't know who's got P.J. Fleck. That's a name that's going around a lot. Minnesota's head coach, P.J. Fleck. There's a lot of head coaches out there um, or, you know, coordinators that are going to want to go to a really good spot. And as as bad and as little draft capital as the Texans have right now, Deshaun Watson is as much pull as you need he's on a multi-year contract he is that offense and he is such an exciting player to watch and um he's going to be like I said he's going to be a main pull for whoever wants to um become the Texans next head coach but going back to that second half um Deshaun Watson really turned it on um our left tackle Taylor Lewan, he's a three-time pro bowler he went out of the game with a torn ACL so you hate to see that but that was- then on the Yeah, he's he's out for the season, which is really hard. He was uh, that offensive line was playing really good football for us this year. And the thing was, um, his backup, Ty Sambrello, longtime uh, swing tackle around the league. He was most recently with the Atlanta Falcons. He came in and immediately let up a strip sack from J.J. Watt. They left him uh, single matched up with J.J. Watt on the left side there. And then J.J. Watt immediately strip sack Ryan Tannehill. And then they got the ball on about their 10-yard line. So then suddenly um, the game had started or the half had started 21 to 10 and then, um, midway through, I think the third, it was then 24, 21 Texans, um, advantage. So that was rough. And then, um, the Texans went on, uh, they got, they got the, that was their score to put them up to 24. And then, uh, the Titans immediately answered to go to, um, I think, no, they, they were 23, 21 because they, uh, missed an extra point. Um, but then we, um, came roaring back with a 94-yard touchdown from Derrick Henry, the best running back in the NFL. I'm going to say it with my chest because it's true. Um, He came roaring back with that 94-yard touchdown. And then just like that – Dash- Deshaun Watson, uh, he threw to an absolutely open, um, I believe it was Will Fuller down the field. There is nobody near him. The closest Titan was at least 15 yards away. Just broken coverage. It was disgusting to see. And yeah, just like that, they were in the lead again. And um, it was rough. Ryan Tannehill came back and he threw a 60 yard bomb to Khalif Raymond, who was the intended receiver, but it got picked off. It was just, it was a bad read by Tannehill. I won't lie. It was a really bad play on his part. Um, it was a little, it was some streak to it. But after that, um, we were able to eventually tie the game up after Romeo Cornell um, went for two to put the. Texans up by two scores they would have been up by nine points so they went for two and they missed it with uh with a batted pass from Jeffrey Simmons to uh to Randall Cobb it stopped two point conversion from converting so we need we had a minute and a half and um, to convert the, to convert to touchdown, you just need to get seven points to get the tie ball game. And it was all Ryan Tannehill on that drive. He was hitting all his receivers with so much space. He was hitting Anthony Ferkshire, our tight end. He was hitting AJ Brown. He was hitting Adam Humphreys. He was hitting everybody. Everyone was open the entire time. And it was such an exciting drive. Ryan Tannehill continues to be a top five quarterback this season. Um, but then at the end, it was, this was great. This was my favorite play of the game. I think, um, I mean, other than the 94 yard touchdown run. It was it was we were right there. We we're it was there was like fifteen seconds left. And Ryan Tannehill he was going up to spike the ball, and then he looks to his left, he sees AJ Brown's in single coverage, and then he fakes spike it, and he just throws the fucking beautiful pass to AJ Brown, and he gets he gets his knee in, and that was it. That was we tied the game just like that. You know, he was gonna spike the ball. Oh my god, AJ Brown single covered. Are you kidding me? And he knew, he knew it was done there. He, as soon as he saw that, we tied that ball game up. And um, then we get the we win the coin toss. NFL overtime rules suck. Um, we win the coin toss, so that means we win the game off of a Derrick Henry drive. There, he got almost all those yards, and um, we won the game. It was a close one, and I'm I'm super excited to be looking towards this Steelers game this next week.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I'm gonna ask you the same question. Who are your standouts, stand ins at this point? I mean, obviously, I think the standout has to be one quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who, in my opinion, I guess we'll get there week eight, but a little spoiler for that. He's my MVP.
1: Oh, no, bet, dude. Uh, You'd love to see that. Um, He's. he's Creeping his way up to being mine too, but my kind of sneaky pick right now for MVP might be a certain other player on that Titans team, Mr. Derrick Henry. Okay,
0: um, okay, okay. But
1: okay. Yeah, but, but um, we'll, we'll get we'll get there in a couple weeks. But I will have to say I, I want to give Ryan Tannehill the shout-out for my standout. But i we've been singing this praises so much on the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to somebody else. Um, this is uh, Mr. Jeffrey Simmons, who I've been talking about Ooh. a lot this season. Um, he has been an absolute uh-huh. game demolisher so far. He was in the backfield almost every play. He's gotten, I think, something like six, seven tackles for loss on the season. He missed a game or two because of COVID. He did get COVID. Um, and then he's back now. This was his first game back, and he had a sack. He had a couple tackles for loss. And his, he, um, if you're looking at ESPN's... Um, Win in run defense, you know, so how many times your, your defensive lineman wins against the offensive lineman to help stop the run. Um, Jeffrey Simmons right now is in his own stratosphere. He is, he is the top tier (laughs) run defender. Um, and then it's everybody else you know he's had like 60 percent run defense win rate and then the next closest one's like 48 so he is just he is demolishing the run game and he's getting to the quarterback a consistent amount he is he's a game wrecker and i think he has a legitimate shot to be a pro bowler and an all pro this season if he continues this type of pace because he's he's been unstoppable and he's he's going to be a household name at the end of the season if not sooner he's just an exceptional player and then um a couple stand-ins here. One of the stand-ins is a certain Vic Beasley, who um, we brought him in on a $9 million contract from the Atlanta Falcons. The one-time 2016 sack leader Vic Beasley, that same guy. Um, he came in and he had some issues with contract and he held out. It was super weird. And then um, since then, he just hasn't been doing anything for us. Um, he had, I think he had 11 snaps this week. He had no pressures, no tackles. Um, he just, he, he hasn't been much. And he, he's coming into a situation where we really needed any type of competent offensive, or not offensive, um, outside linebacker play. You know, because Harold Landry's been the only guy we've had. And now um, Jadavion Clowney's just moving everywhere. We're asking him to do so much. And um, I, I've been very happy, I think, with Jadavion Clowney's um He's gotten a lot of pressures. He's gotten a ton of pressures. And honestly, that's what defensive coordinators scheme up, is they scheme pressure. If sacks happen, that's a happy accident, you know. But pressure is what they scheme up. And there's almost nobody – it's it's a weird thing to say, but – all Javion Clowney does is get pressure. He never finishes his sacks, which is sucks because you want to see those big, splashy sacks, but he just causes so much pressure and so much bad quarterback play that I can't fault the guy. You know, I wish he was getting the sacks, the forced fumbles. I wish he got in that pick six a couple weeks ago, but he didn't. He's just been getting pressure, and it, that's nothing to complain about. Um, and then another stand-in for me has been Malcolm Butler. Um, even though he did have the two interceptions in that Bills game, other than that, he has just been looking like burnt toast out there on every play. He has led up so many receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And um, that, that was the guy who Justin Jefferson was on the entire game against the Vikings. And he was just getting burnt to a crisp. Um, and Malcolm Butler, I really hope he can come back. I hope he can play better. Um, but, yeah, th- those are my stand-ins and my stand-outs for the Tennessee Titans. It's,
0: it's just exciting. It's yeah. just... I mean, this is what we want from this podcast, man, is that the Bears and the Titans are both just absolutely rolling right now. In the only loss the Chicago Bears have, it, it, was, it was fine. It wasn't really a game I expected the Bears to come out on top. It was against the Colts team that that defense was just way overmatched for them. But that, this, this, this Tennessee Titans offense is just absolutely brutal. To play against, yeah. and it's uh, it's it's amazing, and all the haters that thought that Ryan Tannehill was not the truth, he's played at an MVP caliber level ever since he stepped foot as the starter oh, in Tennessee.
1: Certainly, man, oh, his numbers God. are
0: up there with Patrick Mahomes, Ryan, or Russell Wilson. He's up there, and I'm I'm putting Ryan Tannehill as an MVP because if you have Marcus Mariota. God love him on this team. They're nowhere near what they are. Nowhere. Yeah. They're not they're not the Tennessee Titans that we see right now if Marcus Mariota is the starting quarterback and um it's just Ryan Tannehill is what this team needed. Um he's an emotional leader for them. Um he's just a great locker room guy. You love what Ryan is doing. And hopefully this defense can step it up just a little bit more. Hopefully Malcolm Butler starts to uh, turn back a little bit more into what we hope. I think having a Jackson back is really going to yeah. help this out. Most that way definitely. Malcolm Butler isn't just the guy. That way, you know, a Dory Jackson can actually cover the guys that will most likely burn Malcolm Butler. And Malcolm Butler and actually- can...
1: And I think also another byproduct of having a Dory Jackson back, I did not list him as a stand in, but um, I kind of think I should have. And that is actually Kevin Byard. He has had quite mm-hmm. um, like the down year this year, and this is a guy who was a first-team All-Pro in 2017. He led the league in interceptions, um, and he actually has the most interceptions since he came into the league in uh, 2016, I believe. He yeah. is he's an he's he's one of the best um, center fielding free safeties in the NFL, and I think not having a Dory Jackson um, has put him in a lot more situations where he needs to do, you know, sort of single coverage with players, and that's just kind of not the not the kind of free safety he is he's not that fast but he's just he's always in the area at the right time and he he's good he's really good in the run game but when it comes to single coverage um you know that's just not really kevin byard's forte and i think he's just been forced to go into situations he's not used to this season and also i think another big part of our um Sorry, we're getting back into my stuff, but I think another part of our defensive backfield's regression has been the loss of um, our previous uh, defensive um, defensive backs coach. He is now he is now over there at Ohio State. He is it's Kerry Coombs. He is now their defensive coordinator at Ohio State, and he he is just it, it, you got to look up some Kerry Coombs tape if any of you guys out there haven't seen how intense he get. He's probably the most intense coach or intense coach there could be the way he, how fired up he always is in practices and and in the locker room and, and during games but yeah kevin byard another another low-key stand and i think is kind of getting glossed over by the national media.
0: yeah and i think that a lot of that's just kind of like how eddie jackson was with Ha Ha clinton dicks last year eddie jackson was put into strong safety where he was going a lot more man instead of zone which is what eddie jackson does eddie jackson's a free roaming safety. And now that Kevin Byard's kind of in that same position where he's having to do some things that aren't really what his forte is, that we're, he's exposed a little bit, and I say exposed in a, a loose term, because he's just doing things that he's not usually doing. That's not what he's best at. And that's what Eddie Jackson was, and now Eddie Jackson's back in his regular free safety position, and he's kicking ass again. So once is back there to cover some of that slack, I really think that Kevin Byard's going to step back up and fill that. So now that's about all that we had for this episode. Um, do you have any closing remarks for us, my friend?
1: No, all I can say is if, if you got the chance, keep watching Titans and Bears games because you're getting a very different experiences in watching them. Bears games, you're just getting the probably the best defense in the NFL. And then with Titans, you're just getting probably the best offense in the NFL. So just, huh. just, just keep watching those games. If you get the chance They're they're very fun to watch. Just uh, do yourself a favor as an NFL fan. Watch these games. They're exciting games. Um, but yeah, my closing remarks. I hope everybody's staying safe, continuing to do everything they can to stay safe and not spread COVID. Also, we haven't talked about it much. Um, but vote, please vote. Um, please it's vote. important. It's your civic duty. Uh, everyone should vote. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we. That's what I gotta say. Saying you know, using the platform for things that matter. You know, like not spreading COVID. Like. Getting people to vote, but please do those things. Um, but yeah, that, those are my closing remarks today, Alex.
0: Awesome. Yes, I could not have said that any better. Please vote. It's so important during this time. Uh, just, just please vote. Just, just do it. I did. I sent in my ballot. Uh, yep. Very exciting. Uh, it's easy. It's so easy. You just ask mm-hmm. for one. You just register and ask for one, and they'll give yep. you one. It is very easy. Very easy. It took me maybe three minutes to fill it out. So. Go do that. It's your civic duty. And make sure you're just watching football. Don't just listen to us. See for yourself. Send us uh, things on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You can all find us on Not Normal Football. We have all different kinds of social medias. You can find me at N-A-N-F Pod underscore Alex on Twitter. And Russell is Mr. Unlimited. And where are they? How do you? What is yeah, that? They're,
1: they're- there's some there's some underscores here and there but yeah um just Mr unlimited Russell Russell my name is Russell and then I got Titans 5 and0 that's my that's my name right now but yeah check check us out on Twitter um we I do we both do some heavy retweet and quoting of um yeah. of just things around the NFL and stuff so yeah check us out on Twitter for sure
0: Yeah, absolutely. And once again, my name is Alex Dwyer and my good buddy, Russell Zimmerman. We are not a normal football podcast. We will see you next week. Please go vote.